You're listening to You've Been Hanked, hosted by Hank Griffin, writer, man of faith, Parkinson's warrior, traveling man, and storyteller. Wonderful stories, home cooking, thoughtful lessons, and candor about life with Parkinson's are his to share. Relax for the next several minutes with your friend, neighbor, and brother who loves you. Dating anyone new? Sean asked. My friend and I were past the first four of six gates on our way through a series of cattle pastures en route to our destination. Dating. I tried to keep the bitterness out of my voice. Tall grass and weeds, perpetually brown and brittle for want of rain, stretched as far as the bright incandescent headlights could illuminate the field before us. Sean's two-tone blue and white late model Ford F-150 bumped along the twin tracks in the tall grass. As we were jostled along, the truck's suspension moaned and squeaked. We slowed to a stop at gate number five, and I hopped out to open and close the barbed wire gate. Six strands of rusted barbed wire strung between two wooden fence posts made that gate. It was wired into place permanently on one side. The other side was not wired into place at all. Rather permanent post was set into the ground. Two sturdy loops of barbless steel wire were affixed to it, one at the bottom near the ground and the other near the top. Either end of the gate post fit into them where they were held into place. I saw my breath in the edge of the light's beam as Sean eased the truck through and beyond the gate. With the bottom of the post placed in the wire loop, I held the top of the gate post next to the anchoring post and looped the top loop over it. With the gate now secure, my bladder reminded me, again, of nature's demands. We were well away from public view, and given the additional cover of the near black of night with less than a half moon overhead, though not freezing out, I was glad of my canvas jacket. After the last gate, I thought. I stood still a moment, studying the tree line beyond the headlights, twin lamps, some here, some there, some high, others low, reflected the artificial light occasionally blinking in the darkness. Raccoons and possums, bobcats and coyotes, I thought. Hopefully, no panthers. I considered my Winchester carbine in the truck, regretting not having it in my hands. Back in the pickup, Sean again engaged the transmission. The truck crept forward. My hand rested lightly on the leather scabbard that held my thirty thirty carbine. More and more panthers were being spotted in that part of the world in those days. Lord help me if I ever came up on one in the dark, I thought. Just getting a shot off would be a miracle. A well-placed shot anyway, I corrected myself. In fact, and in all modesty, I was a very good shot in those days. I practiced regularly and hunted often and successfully. Varmints mostly, hogs, coyotes, wild dogs, bobcats, and yes, panthers. Though I'd never seen one of the latter while on a hunt. My youngest brother, Zach, and a friend of his had seen one. They only had a twenty-two and wisely vacated the area rather than tempt fate. The following day, some of the cows came up mauled, claw marks on their sides, tails missing, one dead is an ugly scene. Well, Sean asked, what? I knew perfectly well what, but I wasn't sure I wanted to talk about it. You know what, Sean said, but repeated himself all the same. Are you dating anybody new? You know that I work four jobs, right? My friend laughed. Yeah, I know. But you're still a man, and man doth not live by bread alone. I'm too busy for all that just now, I said. 
If I get tangled up with some pretty girl, I have no time for hunting. <laughs> yeah, that's true for a while, Sean said through a chuckle. Find you a pretty young wife, spend a year or two, home each night with her. Eventually, she'll get tired of you being there all the time, and before you know it, you'll be out here hunting again. Right, I said. More like it is by then, there'll be a baby, possibly another on the way, and I'll never get to go hunting again. At this, my friend laughed out loud. Maybe. Not till the boy's just about old enough to want to learn how. Then you'll be able to go back into the woods. Probably be like my granddad. He had all girls, I said. Never got to go out again, did he? Sean asked. Granddad? <laughs> granddad hunts all the time, I said. Wait, you just went through this whole thing about not being able to go hunting because you might have kids, then talked about your granddad having all girls, and now you say he hunts all the time. Your narrative's inconsistent, Sean said. In the dark cabin, my friend's pickup, I shook my head. My narrative's fine. You have gaps in your knowledge. Granddad and granny don't have a great marriage. Nothing like happy. Don't get me wrong. They love each other, really and truly. Lord knows they must in order to stay together. Well, what do you mean? Sean asked. I mean, they love each other, but they really, really, really do not like each other, I said. Really, really? Sean asked. Really, 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 I said. So your granddad hunts to save his marriage or his sanity or both, I said. We both laughed at this. It wasn't funny. Well, it was in the shallowest way, but deep down I knew it was nothing less than tragic. I know you, Griffin. You've not denied dating anyone despite all the talking. I think you're hiding something. Keeping one's business to oneself is not the same thing as hiding something, I said. Fact is, you're being nosy, I sniffed. Okay, okay, Sean conceded. Last gate, he said as the truck came to a stop in front of the final barbed wire gate. This was the end of the pastures. Ahead, a path cut through and was lined on either side by various oaks, cedars, board arcs, and persimmon trees. You want me to get this one, Sean asked? Nah. You drive, I'll get it. I need to pee pretty bad. Go ahead on up to the pool. I'll close the gate, tend my business, and walk the rest of the way. You got it, my friend said. I stepped out of the truck, turned, and almost closed the door before I again thought of the panther that Zack encountered not long before. At this, I reached back in the truck and took out my Winchester 3030 lever-action carbine. The gun was much shorter than a full-size rifle, held only five rounds, but was my favorite varmint rifle by far. Standing clear of the truck, Sean pulled through the gate and on down the path. My eyes adjusted to the dark as I shut the gate and relieved my bladder. In the truck's absence, the world was much darker. Beneath the canopy of trees that now grew over the path, even the dim light of the moon and stars were diminished. Turning to begin my walk from the gate to the pool, I heard a deep, menacing growl in the darkness, first one and then another. My heart raced. The blood in my veins turned cold right quick. In a single movement, I put my back to a large tree, withdrew my small double-A incandescent maglite from its pocket, lit it, and held it under the forestock of my Winchester, now also raised. Having hunted coyotes for years, I did not fear them. Coyotes are beautiful creatures, wonderful parents. They love their pups. I enjoy hearing their song every night as they serenade me to sleep. Coyotes are one of God's miracles. Man exterminated the buffalo, the wolf, the mammoth, and so much more. And as men trying like hell to do the same to the coyote or prairie wolf as it's known to some, 
But try as he might, man couldn't get the upper hand over the coyote. No, sir. The coyote's a survivor. These aren't coyotes, I thought. One of the ways coyotes thrived was by showing a reasonable fear of man. They menaced sick cows, young calves, chickens, goats, ducks, and most farm animals that could be grabbed, snatched, or menaced with a little effort. And it was a primary reason men sought to put an end to the prairie wolf. But so far as confronting men directly, no, that was not this creature's way. Theft, concealment, subtlety, stealth, these were the tools of the coyote. The meager light of the little maglite was not much use. Several shining pairs of eyes at the light's edge showed in the dark, like twin lamps, more growling, and the flash of teeth, the first one leapt. My rifle already raised, I fired, the corpse hit the ground, dead as soon as it was shot, acute lead poisoning. The meager light of the little maglite was not much use. Several shining pairs of eyes at the light's edge showed in the dark, like twin lamps, more growling in the flash of teeth. The first one leapt, my rifle already raised, I fired. The corpse hit the ground dead as soon as it was shot, acute lead poisoning. When I fired, the flashlight fell onto the ground. It provided some, but not nearly so much light as I wished for. I saw that more of them were flanking me, and was endlessly grateful for the large tree that provided some cover to my backside. I thought once I fired, the beast would flee at the terrible sound of the gun. They did not. It was then I knew. Wild dogs. Wild dogs are not afraid of men. Wild dogs hate men. They hate us. They hate us. I expect that most, if not all, of them have good reason. Abandoned, mistreated, betrayed. Dogs have evolved to love man, and for the most part do, unconditionally even. However, one does not hunt coyote long before one learns a dark truth. When a domesticated dog's love and trust of man is betrayed, and he turns wild, that betrayal is not forgotten. No, it's very like a seed, corrupt and buried deep in the creature's heart, where it festers and changes the natural inclination of man's best friend in such a way that he changes, devolves, and is best friend no more. Unlike coyotes, dogs do not fear men or demonstrate respectful aloofness, no. No, wild dogs hate men. Here, hate is not too strong a word. If anything, it is inadequate. Wild dogs will gather in groups and hunt men. They will pursue them, chase them, and if able, tear and rend and kill, then happily consume whatever's left. Two more of the monsters erupted from the dark, another shot and one dead, the other lunged from a right arm, its wicked and stinking teeth bent down, tearing canvas sleeve as I managed to bring the butt of my carbine violently into its ribs. Behind me and in front, more growls. Oh, this might be it, I thought. Just three rounds left, then all I've got is a club in the dark. Some of the dogs circled the tree and I just beyond the fading light provided by my flashlight's now failing batteries. I yelled and stomped, hoping to intimidate. It was no use. These animals were not afraid of me. I believe they knew in time I would fall. One moment I was in darkness. The next, light shone brilliant and bright all around. Seven more dogs that I could see and count. Even in the brilliant light of Sean's approaching truck, its high beams illuminating the bloody scene, the dogs did not retreat, did not even pause. 
Aided by the light, I raised my Winchester and fired. Another dog dead. Again, I fired, and another fell. Sean arrived in firing range, stopped, leapt from his truck with his three fifty seven revolver. I've never been so happy in my life to see a man with a wheel gun as I was just then. He joined the fight, and two more wild dogs fell. With this, the remaining few fled. You okay? Sean called out. Words did not come easily. I just nodded. No, you ain't. Look at that, he said. My friend grabbed my coat's now shredded canvas sleeve, raised it, and seeing blood said, Hank, we got to get you to a hospital. Finally, words came. Shaky words, but intelligible. It's not my blood, I said. Take it off and let's have a look. I passed the Winchester to Sean just in case the dogs decided to have another go at us. Then I pulled the jacket off. My arm hurt, and I feared what I might see. Did he get you? Sean asked. Yeah, he got me. But the jacket sleeve took the most of it. Just a red mark. No tearing. No blood, I said. That's going to hurt in the morning, Sean observed. Imagine so, I said, my voice still shaky. These aren't coyotes, Sean said. Wild dogs. My God, you lucky you ain't dead. If you hadn't been here, I expect that would have happened eventually, I said. I don't know, Sean said, looking at the dead bodies all around me. How many did you get? Not enough. I have one left in the barrel. Then it's just a club, I said. Yeah, but look at that one. I saw you bring the butt down on it and it fell right away. You still want to go fishing? Sean asked. I do. My friend grinned. I figured, he said. Hop on in and we'll drive the rest of the way. No. What? I said I wanted to walk the rest of the way. And I'm going to. Don't be like that. What if they come back? There might be more of them, Sean said. I walked over to his pickup. Reached inside, took out my pack. In it were more shells and a good stabber. My carbine reloaded and my stabber strapped to my belt. I said, maybe so, but I am walking the rest of the way. Sean eyed me a moment, then climbed in his F-150 and left me to my walk. When he was out of sight, I dropped to my knees and thanked God Almighty for my Winchester, that pitiful little flashlight, a strong body, and my good friend who came rushing to my aid at the sound of gunfire like the cavalry of old. I didn't get up for a long while. I wanted my creator to know that I really was most grateful. Eventually, sensing that the Lord and I were okay, I rose and finished my walk. Sean already had a couple of poles ready when I got there. He handed one to me and turned to start towards the water. Angie, I said. What? The girl I'm dating. Her name is Angie. My friend turned back towards me, dropped the tailgate on his truck, and we both sat a while and talked. Pretty girl, he asked. Yeah, I said. Much love, Hank. You've been hanked. Do you enjoy this program? I work hard to make it in hopes that you will. Enjoy it, that is. If you do, please give it a like and share your thoughts in the comments. If you're not a subscriber already, please subscribe. Would you like to provide financial support to You've Been Hanked? I'll not beg you for it. I can't respect someone who does that. Still, if it's worth a couple of bucks a week to you, your financial support is most welcome, no matter what else. Thanks so much for being here. See you next time. Thanks for listening to You've Been Hanked. If you enjoyed today's episode, do us a favor. Like, share, subscribe, and comment. Is easy and really makes a difference. Please help Hank help others by increasing the reach of You've Been Hanked.